Hello, Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family. This is Eric Rieger, soon to be joined by my awesome co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. How are y'all doing today? It is now time for episode number 49. Now, when I say 49 is a unique episode, I mean, I wish that we'd had this episode so much earlier. So, you've heard my co-host, Dr. Ken, talk about polyphenols. And we've talked about how it can help you with uh, keeping off inflammation, helping you with your gut health, just helping you in so many different ways because it's something that we've abandoned in our Western diet, which is why Altron Teal works, honestly. Well, guess what? We have a soon-to-be PhD, Sylvia Molino, and she hails all the way from Spain, originally from Italy, and that's where she does her research is at Granada. And at Granada, she's been able to work with Silva Team and dig in so deep to what polyphenols do to help us in our daily lives and show and demonstrate and prove why we need them in our diet. So sit back and relax because this is an amazing episode. If you've ever wanted some context around how polyphenols actually benefit your life, then you've got to listen here to episode number 49. Again, Sylvia Molino, this is an incredible episode. Um, she does her best to keep up with us in English. And I think you'll like the intro. It's a little corny, but uh, of course, we had a lot of fun doing it too. She's, uh, she, she's amazing. And um, we will have her on multiple times going forward. I mean, the, the amount of knowledge that she has going forward on how polyphenols specifically work for you, for us, for everyone, it, it should be something that you could share with, with anyone for, for years to come and know why you need to make polyphenols a daily staple and a part of your diet. So without further ado, of course, we have our sponsors, Autron Teal. Get your own Autron Teal. Guess what? That's polyphenols. That's right. Go to lovemytummy.com. That's lovemytummy.com forward slash KBMD. Get your polyphenols today and listen to episode 49 coming right after this intro because it's going to tell you exactly why you need them. That's right. So Autron Teal, get it at lovemytummy.com slash KBMD. And of course, we've got Unrefined Bakery. I know you've heard us talk about them. Unrefinedbakery.com, incredible food, but they also can make that incredible food in your specific specialty diets. Keto, paleo, gluten-free, they've got it and they make your foods that you can tolerate that you missed like your desserts, your great trail mixes, et cetera. You thought you couldn't have it anymore because you're, you're keto, you're paleo. Well, guess what? They've got the answer for you. You need a birthday cake for somebody who can't eat gluten? Unrefined Bakery. Unrefinedbakery.com. Use code GUTCHECK for 20% off of your entire first order. And last but not least, go to kbmdhealth.com. And there you can use code GCP and save 20% off of all of Dr. Brown's selected products that you can find on the KBMD Health store. Okay, it is now time for episode number 49. You can hear me try a little bit of Spanish as I introduce the awesome, wonderful, and brilliant Silvia Molino. Bienvenidos. Uh, this is, wait, no, sorry, already screwed it up. So, here we go. <laughs> You like that? I got really nervous. It's like the lights came on. Okay. You have to publish that. Also. I love it. Remember, we're going to look up the... Save. Actually, you know what we Save that. Do that. Yeah. Uh, let's see that crap. Okay, there we go. All right. Three. You ready? Uh, yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Bienvenidos a Gut Check Project. Yo soy Eric. Esta, Dr. Brown. Dr. Brown, ¿cómo estás? Muy bien, Eric. Gracias. Mira, estoy súper emocionado por el podcast hoy. Tenemos un invitado fantástico. ¿Qué piensas de este podcast hoy? Uh, Silvia, ¿dónde está la biblioteca? Wait, 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 guys. I, I can't speak English. Oh. It's okay. Oh, thank goodness, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's all the Spanish Eric knew. El baño. 
I got that down too. El Bano. <laughs> so why don't we why don't we start over and just take it from the top in English now Let's that we know that our top. wonderful guest who lives in Spain and yeah. we're gonna learn all about that's right. Um actually speaks English. Okay. Probably should have figured that out before we started the podcast. Guys, I'm gonna start all over. So Welcome, Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family. It's now episode number 49. I'm Eric. This is my awesome co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. And today, we've got an incredible special guest that I, I tried. I, you know what, Ken? I tried Spanish. I tried. You did. So Eric, Eric dusted off his eighth grade Spanish. He was trying to impress Sylvia. We're, <laughs> you know, I mean, we're, we're both a little nervous because what, uh, what we have on the podcast today is super special. Everybody has heroes in their life. And Sylvia is my hero because she is a polyphenol expert. She's getting her doctorate in specifically the polyphenols that we use in Atrantil. So she knows more about it than anybody I've ever met. And I'm so excited and nervous that we actually tried to speak in her native her native language. I, I'm just embarrassed. But but <laughs> Sylvia, welcome to the show. Welcome Thank to Gut Check Project. Thank you so much for making time Bienvenidos, to hang out with Sylvia. Yeah, Sylvia. Bienvenidos. Hi y'all. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, she said y'all. She's trying Texan. This is She's awesome. learned some Texan. <laughs> She's yeah. now first of all, Sylvia, get us up to speed. You're living in Granada, Spain. What is yeah. going on there? You you WhatsApped me. You guys got a little earthquake situation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we were we were with with earthquakes, but now we are we stay better here. Fortunately, the situation is is better. You said it so calm when you just WhatsApp. You're like, oh, things are good here. We're dealing with a lot of earthquakes. Thanks for asking. I'm like, oh, wow, they're, they're tough in Spain. They yeah. just kind of yeah, roll with the punches. It's quite normal. It's quite normal here. You just have to be used to. So this is this is super cool. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I have followed your work. Uh, some of the work that you have done as the lead author, I have used. We've discussed it on multiple podcasts. If you've seen episode 47, episode 46, multiple other episodes, we always refer to the large stable polyphenols and how they get broken down by the microbiome and the person that articles that i always reference this is the author of those articles sylvia molino who is i almost called you doctor but you're almost a doctor right <laughs> almost almost in a few months <laughs> nice nice hey so yeah, yeah. why, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background how you ended up there what's going on everything everything about sylvia molino okay so I am a, a biologist. I cursed my master's degree in Italy, but I did my traineeship here in Granada where we started working with in vitro and uh, digestion and fermentation. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with this argument. And then uh, in one Congress, I met Michele Battaglia, the CEO of Silva Team. That is a big, big company that produced, well, the world leader at producing tannins that are polyphenols. Sure. And uh, he got interested in my work. So we started collaborating. And, and then uh, we had the idea to create a new project to investigate the application of, of tannins in humans. And so I just started with my PhD working on that. And I'm still working on that, <laughs> and we have continuing on that. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's awesome. So when you when you first topped into it, were polyphenols something uh, that drew your interest in their immediate applications for for health, or is it something that just kind of just happened over time? What was it that drew you into wanting to study about polyphenols? Well, um, I ever I always um, have been interesting in polyphenols. Well more in general about nutraceutical okay because i believe that uh we could treat some diseases or some dysfunction with natural product because actually we are using a lot of synthetic uh treatment but they were discovered from studying nature so sometimes i think that we could go back to the power of nature and in this case, tannins. 
Absolutely. Well, honestly, the timing really couldn't be better and where we find ourselves, not just in the United States, but obviously all the way around the world for us to find and escape from synthetic solutions to what otherwise are just natural problems. And if probably we were consuming more polyphenols as, a, as yeah. you know, for the entire earth, we would be in better shape. Yeah. Repeat that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Eric, Eric was just saying that you're exactly right. We have always, um, we, ah, have, okay. we have felt that the consumption of polyphenols is what, what we're lacking right. in the Western American diet. If we had more polyphenols, yeah. we would have better health. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah. I, yeah. I was just going to say, you use the word nutraceutical, which is, which is interesting because we've, we've coined that term. But what does nutraceutical mean to you? as a scientist? Well, it's a hard question <laughs> for me. Nutraceutical is a um, solution that could be um, assumed for, from a person, uh, by a person, uh, like uh, it will be a part of the natural diet, like it will be a food. Okay. So something more natural. Okay. So a functional food, hmm, nutraceutical. Interesting. A molecule that can have health benefits, but it's found in nature. Yeah, exactly. And so you, through your research, you found that these beautiful molecules called polyphenols have hold all this potential to be bioactive and possibly a nutraceutical for humans. So for... Anybody that has not heard this, can you explain in your words what a polyphenol is? Well, uh, polyphenols are molecules that we can find in the nature, obviously. Uh, the name derives from the chemical structure, and they are well known for the multiple uh, bioactivities, beneficial bioactivities. First of all, they are antioxidant. They are well-known antioxidant. And this is a super important characteristic of them because they help us to uh, counteract the action of the oxidative stress. The oxidative stress is um, a normal event that we have that happens in our bodies and can lead to a lot, a lot of diseases and a lot of problems. So, so le leading to like inflammation, is that kind of what you're talking about there with uh, long exposure to oxidative stress? Well, can you repeat, please? Sure. Are you saying that oxidative stress leads to inflammation, like more inflammation around tissues? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, for sure. Well, normally we, uh, our normal metabolism produce um, uh, free radicals, okay? Um, and it's a normal, normal process of our body. But what happens if we produce a high amount of, uh, of this free radical? And it's normal to sometimes to produce a lot of free radicals. Um, and the causes could be um, external factors um, such as stress or a bad diet, for example. Uh, we have uh, some endogenous mechanism of our body to counteract this production of oxidative stress. Mm, done by the mm, free radicals, but these are not sufficient, are not enough mm, the most of the times. So we need to intake some help from, from external help. And in this case, uh, we have to take antioxidant. And among antioxidant, we can find, for example, polyphenols. Okay. Other um, well-known antioxidants, for example, are could be vitamin C, vitamin E. But uh, from our study, for example, we could um, discover that tannins, among other polyphenols, uh, has exert a higher activity than these well-known molecules um, such as vitamin C. So we could, uh, in this case, eat a smaller amount of. Uh, external compounds and not endogenous helps uh, to have the, the same effect. So it's so great. Okay. No, it, it, makes, it makes a lot of sense. It's very congruent. Yeah, it absolutely does. So when we talk about 
these polyphenols and you brought up tannins, which is what your research has been in. We know that people that are discussing polyphenols, the molecules that make vegetables colorful, um, there are different sizes and different characteristics as a yeah. researcher that you have figured out. Can you explain the differences in sizes, characteristics, and antioxidant capabilities just real grossly? And then we'll talk about some of your research because I think it's so cool getting okay. the foundation like this. Yeah, among polyphenols, we, well, polyphenols are a huge group of molecules. Among them, we can find tannins. And tannins are uh, well known for their characteristic to mm, their capacity to bind and precipitate protein, alkaloids, and carbohydrates, among other mm, molecules. Among tannins, we can have hydrolyzable tannins and condensed tannins. The hydrolyzable tannins are called like that because they are mm, mm, they they are hydrolyzable with a lot of facility with weak acids. Among this group, we could find uh, uh, gallotannins and elagitannins, uh, depending on the the different structure nucleus that we can find. Uh, in the in the in the compounds, and when we don't have uh, hydrolyzable tannins, we have so condensed tannins. These structures are characterized by the presence of brontosanidins that uh, can form a big big structure like with uh, with building blocks. Just to explain in an easier way. And sometimes we could have also an association between hydrolyzable tannins and condensed tannins. And so we have complex tannins. And the name <laughs> also explains the complexity of the molecules because they, we have, in this case, big, big, big molecules. Yeah. Okay. So um, the, these molecules, the allagitanins, the gallotanins, and the condensed tannins are characterized by the presence of a lot of uh, hydroxyl groups. And these groups are, are responsible of the antioxidant, the great antioxidant capacity of the of tannins. So it's so, so, so important. So let me pause you right there. So you're saying that the, what makes these polyphenols unique, the polyphenols under the big umbrella, are the large polyphenols, proanthocyanidins, which are in the class of tannins. They have tremendous antioxidant capacity because they have the hydroxyl groups, a yeah. bunch of them all around. The hydroxyl group is the OH that you'll see in those chemistry structures, right. the OH, they're hydroxyl. So you're saying that the, the amount of hydroxyl groups is very important to the antioxidant component? Yeah, totally. And they can exert the antioxidant activity in different ways. Uh, for example, thanks to the hydroxyl groups, they could, uh, they have uh, the capacity to scavenge the, the free radicals, but in other cases, they could have, uh, they could help also our endogenous uh, antioxidant system. For example, they can uh, induce the production of antioxidant enzymes that we can produce. Like, is that like super oxide dismutase? Is that one of them? The anti uh, turning on the uh, what, what is it what is an example of a endogenous antioxidant enzyme that the tannin turns on well well, well um what i was saying before what what i was uh, what i was explaining before about our uh, endogenous um response to the oxidative stress we produce some antioxidant enzymes okay for example superoxidodismutase or catalase Okay. okay, so we know that tannins, among other polyphenols, can induce, uh, increase the production of these enzymes, so reducing the oxidative stress in our body. So it's twofold. It can basically bind to these weak acids as well as make our bodies produce more of the enzymes to help uh, yeah. basically combine these yeah. free radicals. They so have a multiple action, yeah. Uh, well, that's awesome. And I think that once we get to your studies, we're going to find that that's not, that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's just tip of the iceberg. So here. everybody, so over here, Sylvia, there's shows like Dr. Oz, where he's always talking about 
different diets and they're always talking about different compounds. They rarely discuss it as a polyphenol, but they'll have a show on green tea extract to EGCG, or they'll have a show on resveratrol, or they'll do these different things, but these are all polyphenols. But what people don't understand is this complex science that you're an expert in, which is what I love, because I can sit with my patients and explain to them why these, um, these particular polyphenols, whether in diet, we always ask everybody to do it in their diet or through a supplement, do multiple things. And the tip of the iceberg is the potent antioxidant capabilities yeah, of it. totally. Because the, the, the oxidative status then could lead to multiple diseases that could be chronic diseases or chronic inflammation. So in this case, we can counteract a lot of problems at systemic levels or at local level. Now, yeah. the research when you, when you teamed up with Michele, had you been doing research on these polyphenols or did you take some of the research that Silva team had done with the animal studies because they've been involved with uh, cattle and the wine industry for so many years. Was this, um, was this a hard step to move from some of that research over to the data that we're going to talk about with your different studies? Well, they have a great experience uh, with, with animals. They, were, they are working with animals from 15 years, maybe more or less. But um, it's true. Um, try to start working with, with humans is always different because the information that we have in animals could help, but it's not a reality. Uh, oh. No, it's not a... Does it always healthy. translate? Just because it happens in an animal doesn't mean it'll happen in a human? It's true. I wanted to say that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, here I started working with an in vitro system just to study in the deep, in the, um, uh, in the small, small particles because I wanted to know uh, how these molecules are, are acting and how they are metabolized. Because uh, there are a lot of literature about tannins, but there, there's still a big, big lack about the information because it's totally new, this argument, this issue. So um, I first started working on the antioxidant activity uh, of different extracts, and then I proceeded to uh, digest and ferment in vitro, sim just simulating the, the digestion of the human body um, to try to, trying to discover what's happening in our body when we intake uh, tannins. So, so uh, I oh, I'm sorry. No, Go no. Ahead. Well, how, how long have you been then working with Michele and Silva team then? Because what I'm curious about is since you've started doing your research and kind of what your observation is or how you've seen the world's view possibly change or be influenced by powerful studies regarding polyphenols and their benefits with health. What have, what have you seen while you've been working with Michele and has the, has the, are people more receptive to that idea? Well, I started six years ago. Okay. And when I started, uh, I have to be clear, uh, I didn't know anything about tannins. I knew just the tannins about wine <laughs> because I love <laughs> wine, I'm Italian. So <laughs> it was a total discovery for me. Um, yeah. Um, from my studies, I think that we discover a new product that could um, resolve a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. um, above all, I think uh, this is a great, great discovery about the intestine. It is, uh, I think, the solution for all the problem. Uh, I don't know, maybe it could be strange to understand, but um, I discovered a lot, a lot of properties of tannins because uh, fundamentally they have a prebiotic action. So they function like a fiber, they help our digestion, they can modulate uh, the um, 
the the composition of our microbiota and through that they can regulate uh, our inflammatory status our uh, uh, oxidative status so it's perfect i think that's so incredible because what we always hear about is just the antioxidant potential so here from a marketing standpoint a lot of people try and sell supplements that go this is an antioxidant this has the highest antioxidant capacity what you have discovered in your research is these beautiful large molecules do so much more than that which you just touched on right there which is it functions like a prebiotic meaning that it feeds our own microbiome and we know that when we have a diverse microbiome you end up having a healthier body all around. So yeah. when I started treating my patients with our combination of the cabracho and chestnut, and we were seeing incredible results, I knew what was happening in the short term when we were getting the bacteria, the bacterial overgrowth, that's why we developed it. But so many of my patients felt better and better while remaining on it. And now I can explain to them because of your research, what's actually going on and that's what's so cool and that's what's so neat that um, most of the research that is done and you've you know this are done on smaller phenolic compounds those ones that we talked about so they always talk about the same ones over and over quercetin reservatrol curcumin those you took a step back and said wait a minute let's find out what happens when we look at these larger molecules definitely and you used a really cool term because I'm going to start using this building blocks. The molecule is just a large building block. Yeah. Which is awesome. The, um, when, before we get into your research there, I had to plow through trying to, pre trying to prepare for a paper and some, and a podcast, a really big article called the Im immunomodulatory anti-inflammatory antioxidant effects of polyphenols, a comparative review on the parental compounds and their metabolites. It's like a 50-page article where all they did is show that, no, every time you take one of these polyphenols, it does more and it gets broken down into more things. And it was like really thick. And then you, I found your article, which, uh, do you have more questions? Because this I is just, what I think one of the coolest things. One, one of the things that you said that we've said on the show multiple times is you said the word prebiotic. And that's still not really a commonly used word here, at least in the States. Would you mind, uh, Sylvia, kind of explaining what you view is a prebiotic? Yeah. Normally, people know the term probiotic, and sometimes there's like a mistake between pre and probiotics. So um, I, I could explain it. A probiotic is like a strange. These are bacteria, normally, normally are beneficial bacteria that mm -hmm. we can intake, normally with yogurt or dairy products. A prebiotic is something that is before the bacteria. So it's something, it's a substance, for example, fibers that could act on the, on the composition of, of our microbiota. So we are not going to uh, change the composition of our microbiota uh, by taking some um, external strain of bacteria but we're just going to modulate what we have with prebiotic makes sense so, so basically I, it's it's almost like the perfect food for the bacteria that we already have right yeah it's right, like exactly. if we if we give to our microbiota like a good food to to grow well right what generally speaking since you've been doing research on this over here, probiotics, um, it's a massive industry, but just recently, a lot of data is coming out that probiotics probably don't do as much as we used to think, mainly because many of these probiotics that we purchase don't make it to the colon where your microbiome is. What are, through your research, I'm just curious what your opinion is on probiotics in the use in humans. Well, uh, okay, if I can. <laughs> um, I think that um, each person has his own microbiota and each person needs a specific strain of uh, probiotic and it's so difficult to, to do that 
because normally what we can find uh, in the supermarket is like last uh, bifidobacterium or lactobacillus but it's, it's so general we don't know if that strain is the right strain for us in the other way a prebiotic always is good because it's helping our our own microbiota so we are going to solve the problem for sure well and then there are other technical problems for example the probiotics are not so resistant so sometimes we can intake a product with probiotics but they don't have don't, don't work so good that oh, makes sense. Yeah, that's uh, we've we've done a little bit of research on this. My personal belief is is that when when we look at probiotics, we at least know that certain things like a spore based probiotic stays in the spore form, and it, there is clinical data to show that it can make it to the colon, where then it wakes up, and if it's got the prebiotic like a polyphenol with it, the combination helps both of them improve yeah. the microbial diversity, or basically yeah. they work together. Actually, there's um, a paper that is in, is in publication, so <laughs> then I, I can send it to you. Uh, i always working with uh, in vitro digestion fermentation. I could demonstrate that the intake of uh, tannins could improve the diversity of the, of the microbiota. It's perfect. That is yeah. huge. Well, that's so, what we're after. Hey, out of curiosity, if this paper, since you've been doing some of that research, is it possible that not only will the tannins improve the diversity, but will it help raise good bacteria and lower the type of bacteria that we know can create problems? Yeah. We have to know that um, tannins really are molecules produced, are secondary metabolites from plants. And these metabolites are produced from plants as defense. So these molecules are produced to um, counter the action of bad guys, such as bacteria, bad bacteria, or um, other, other external factors. And, and if we intake tannins, it's the, the same thing. So they are able to detect the bad guys, the bad bacteria, and Mm, I don't want to say to kill them, but reduce their amount or sure. their activity. And the other part, on the other part, they can uh, increase the activity and the functionality of the good guy or the, the good bacteria. That is awesome. Nobody has said that before like that. No, they haven't. And in fact, it makes perfect sense because it's not like, and, and Sylvia said this earlier, it's normal for us to have um, reactive oxygenated species, right? But in small amounts, what do tannins do? They keep us from having too much. So you're saying it's not eliminating all of the quote unquote bad bacteria. It's more or less delivering balance where we yeah. need balance. It's a modulation. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's so exactly it's allowing mother nature to do what, it's, what it wants to. We hinted at it at the beginning of the show, but what happens in the pharmaceutical industry is they go, oh, we want this molecule, let's make a drug out of this tiny molecule and not taking into account that when you give the body what it wants, it will use what it needs to make sure that it keeps you in balance. Yeah, I think that the great thing about the extract of um, I'm working with from Silva team um, is that they are phytocomplex. We are not working with just one specific molecule. We are working with a group of molecules, so we have multiple action and multiple effect. Well, so you have a paper on this specifically, and, and it really, really piqued my interest. And the, the reason is because you illustrated and then essentially gave the how-to on why a larger parent molecule, which basically would have more of these smaller polyphenols, is actually what your body wants because simply it begins to pull apart the polyphenols as it needs to use them. Is that is that right? Is that how? Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, yeah, it's correct. And um, here we can find another super characteristic of tannins because um, we can see that they could act at local level 
in the intestine as big molecule and these big molecules are the molecules there that are going into in, in contact with with a good microbiota but when they are metabolized they could give uh, form to smaller metabolites and these smaller metabolites are the responsible those responsible of the systemic effects okay because they could pass the the, the intestinal barrier and then exert a they function in and at systemic level in the all the organs now, isn't that kind of what you called postbiotics so yeah that's we're referring to those metabolites as postbiotics so it's the yeah. postbiotic or the metabolites or the breakdown the third term <laughs> the third biotic absolutely so can you do me a favor i'm can you explain i don't know if you can see that but your little summary the diagram yeah. this yeah. is what's so cool and this is what separates sylvia from everybody else she developed this super eloquent model can you explain what you did with this because it's so neat with the yeah. in vitro digestion well um the in vitro digestion uh, and fermentation are two big steps first of all we have the digestion uh, in this case, we are mimicking what happen, what's happening in the mouth, in the stomach, and the intestine. Uh, we uh, mimic the temperature, pH, um, enzymatic condition that we find in the in the mouth, and then in the stomach, and then in the intestine. Okay. Then. What we uh, obtain from the digestion, we take part and we put it in contact with the cold microbiota with an inoculum, and then we let it fermentate. Uh, and then from that, we obtain our sample that we are going to study. So from, from these, we could, um, we have a resembling method of the, of the, the human digestion. So in your diagram, so cool, you mixed one-to-one -one in the oral phase with salivary fluid, salivary amylase at a certain pH. Then you mixed it in the gastric phase with gastric fluid, pepsin, so a digestive yeah. enzyme at a certain pH. And then in the intestinal phase, you mixed it with intestinal fluid, including pancreatic fluids like trypsin and bile. That's fantastic. So all three yeah. phases of digestion, then you separated those and you took one of them and then you fermented it to show yeah. what happens in the colon. Also, this part is very important. We, it's, it's important to us and we, we wrote the paper. In, I think in a few days will be published in, uh, in Nature Protocols. That's incredible. So then you took this fermented you first of all, you took the digestion part, and then you analyzed that, and then you took the fermented part and you analyzed it. When you say analyzed it, what did you do to analyze it? Well, we could perform every type of analysis. I dedicated my studies about the antioxidant activity of uh, of tannins just to see how can uh, the digestion and then the fermentation could affect the antioxidant activity exerted by, by, by tannins. And then I try to understand how these big molecules could be metabolized by uh, our body. So how the structures could be affected by the action of the, uh, of the uh, enzymes uh, digestive enzymes and then how these molecules could be affected uh, by the action of the uh, good microbiota okay that makes sense so essentially she was just trying to show the you know, what's going to happen all the way through the entire phase of having a polyphenol yeah which is so cool because nobody has done this yet L looking at the literature this is the one thing that i've wanted to see for so long what happens with these large tannins through digestion and through fermentation. So after fermentation, what did you notice? Like, what did you see when these large building blocks were digested and then fermented? Well, after digestion, it, it was uh, a bit surprising that the large molecules, uh, they're still there. Um, but then 
uh, after the action of the gut microbiota, we could observe that a lot of small molecules, uh, small metabolites were forming, thanks to the action of the of the of the bacteria. Bacteria, okay. Yeah. So we could see the formation of uh, smaller molecules, uh, typical from the uh, hydrolyzable tannins or from the condensed tannins. So we could see uh, the uh, an increase uh, uh, in the presence of quercetin, AGCG, uh, gallic acid, or ellagic acid. Well, this is this is awesome because just and not to veer far, but right now stateside, what people are hearing about on podcasts, trying to find solutions for people maybe who can't get access to a vaccine or they have difficulty because they're overly exposed to public, they're getting lots of guidance on utilizing certain polyphenols like quercetin, et cetera, to to function as zinc ionophores. But what I'm hearing you say is that you can actually still get that same quercetin and they'll have your body disassemble a much larger parent molecule or parent polyphenol and your body will essentially pull apart exactly as much as it needs. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, can you read that? Did I say, oh, no, it's fine. Uh, and what I'm saying is, is that you're, what you illustrated in here, you were able to find these metabolites that the bacteria was able to, to make use of the polyphenol. Yeah. And some of those included the quercetin, which over here stateside now, people are hearing about quercetin and its ability to help people with antiviral activity. And what I'm hearing you say from your research, you can actually get plenty of quercetin by having a larger polyphenol that actually has it inside. Is that right? Yeah. Actually, we know that our extracts produced from, from silvatin uh, are very effective for antiviral activity. And we started to, with a big trial, clinical trial in Argentina and Buenos Aires, uh, trying to give a supplement to COVID patients. And we have the first results. We don't have all the results, but we have the first results about that. And we could observe at first that the, the patients supplemented with tannins beside the, the, the typical therapy uh-huh. uh, registered an, a decrease of the inflammatory status. We registered a decrease of, for example, of some indicators like TNF-alpha. <laughs> It sounds very familiar, doesn't it, Ken? Very, very, very familiar. Um, Sylvia, what's really interesting is is that this is the first time that anybody has discussed the fact that over here there's lots of supplements. And the supplements are, oh, get this green tea extract. Oh, get this ellagic acid, which will help produce urolithin. Get this quercetin. And so I have so many patients that have 20 different bottles in front of them and they're doing this. And then when we realize that, no, once again, that's almost a smaller version of what the pharmaceutical companies are doing. It's like, oh, this molecule was studied here. So I'm going to go buy that molecule. But when you give the large stable molecule, mother nature's secret weapon, then your microbiome will kick off these smaller molecules like this quercetin. Now, something that's interesting, I did reference that first study that was really thick. What they did is they did, they did mass spec on these different uh, polyphenolic compounds, including reservatrol, including quercetin, and including turmeric. And what they showed is those are poorly absorbed, and they end up having to be broken down also. So it isn't like taking the smaller molecule is a shortcut. It right. still has to go. The beauty yeah. of using a large tannin like this is the prebiotic effect, which improves the microbial spectrum, and then the broader the microbial spectrum, the more of these beneficial smaller phenolic compounds you're going to get. 100%. And this, yeah, this is... There's like a bidirectional relationship between tannins and microbiota because tannins in some way, we could say that uh, feed the microbiota as prebiotic, but in the other way, the, the, feeded, uh, the, the fed microbiota is going to metabolize them. Awesome. That a bidirectional relationship a bidirectional between relationship. the tannins and by the microbiota. Yeah, that's the makes sense. yeah it, it makes sense. They need each other. Yeah. yeah. Frequently, I think of tannins and the microbiome 
like the bi-directional relationship that Eric and I have in our friendship. Yeah. I need him. He needs me. If it, <laughs> if it weren't for him bringing in GI patients, I would just be putting people to sleep for nothing. Yeah, they would just go to sleep and nobody would do a colonoscopy <laughs> on them or anything. Um, this is what's so cool about this is can you just explain really quick um, just so that people don't take your word for it. You, you ended up doing some pretty cool chemistry to determine what oh, molecules yeah. were there. So mm -hmm. what did you do when you did the fermented, how you were able to show that quercetin was kicked off, that urolithin was kicked off, that EGCG was kicked off? Well, I had to perform um, before uh, an extraction of the polyphenols. And when I had the sample, I performed uh, an analysis in a UPLC-MS that is huge instrument that allows uh, allow us to identify exactly every single molecules so the detectable so she had definitive proof that they were there that's awesome right there i'm looking at her mass, mass spec, spec pictures yeah. right there yeah. you've, you've got it in the article it's mass spectrometry yeah yes i love that um that is what's that's the thing that i think is going to be the biggest game changer understanding that through your science Really, you can get these other beneficial products through one parent molecule, the building block. And that's what I try to tell my patients. Like, why don't we take the largest, most stable um, tannins, right. put them together, and then as you take that, that will not only feed your microbiome, but you'll also produce these other things. And then the metabolites, the other metabolites like, oh, short-chain fatty acids? Yeah. yeah, because we don't have us only just the metabolites deriving from the ruptures of the big structures, we also have the other secondary metabolites that derives from the uh, action of microbiota. We know from my researches and from other scientific literatures that tannins couldn't use good microbiota to produce short-chain fatty acids. These small molecules are so important for us because they exert a lot of activities. They could be absorbed and they, uh, mm, the, their main activity is an anti-inflammatory effect, but also they are super important uh, for the uh, past minute maintenance of the cells for the well-being well living of the cells. Yeah. I mean, we're basically on about item number 17 on why polyphenols daily are critically important. And Sylvia put it in here in a paper that anybody can read. I mean, this is awesome. 100%. When, when you did this article, this is the thing I've been trying to explain to patients for so long. And you showed it very eloquently here. You also have another published study, which is pretty eloquent in itself. And this one is a little bit more related to the thing that we're both very passionate about which is the brain-gut access. Yeah. My, my goal as a physician um, eventually is to make it so that we protect the brains of people. We know that inflammation results in all kinds of different diseases, and you actually published a paper as the lead author, Polyphenols in Dementia from Molecular Basis to Clinical Trials. How did you decide to do, how, how did you decide to do a review article on dementia? That's really cool. That's right in our wheelhouse also. Definitely. Well, at that moment I was working in a lab in Italy. They were specialized in, in dementia and they wanted to publish something about, about that and they proposed me to write a paper. And I think that I had inside already the, the love for polyphenols. <laughs> At that moment, I was working with polyphenols of um, grapefruit. Oh, grapefruit, okay. So, yeah. Uh, so I started searching something and then I just decided that that's it, dementia and polyphenols. I, I started to find a lot of so, so interesting um, literature, and then I could find also clinical trials. So I decided to um, construct the paper from the molecular basis to, to um, explain exact what's happening at its molecular level until to the clinical trials, what happens in the patients. Well, it's, I mean, it's a powerful piece because essentially you're outlining that somebody who has had dementia, it's probably had long exposures to inflammation 
And then in the paper, you're essentially showing how or why, I guess, polyphenols are critical. So, yeah. in, so in this particular paper, you were looking at the literature. So this was a review. So the literature that was available looked at those different molecules that we're already talking about, resveratrol, sure, yeah. curcumin, and things. And I have to... Uh, I love how you address this head on. You said that the bioavailability of curcumin, turmeric, which everybody talks about all the time, is very low because it is poorly absorbed and rapidly metabolized and, elimin and eliminated. Here one study da, 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 talked about this. You go in to describe how resveratrol has very low bioavailability. Everything that you're talking about is exactly what this other article did where it showed that even these smaller phenolic compounds do that. So we know that there's evidence to show that this could help in dementia how does it help in dementia though let's just so when in in your review how did you figure out that it helped to prevent dementia or assist those people with dementia well the mechanisms always are always the same first of all we have the antioxidant activity and the anti-inflammatory activity uh, mm, what I can say now, uh, after some years, <laughs> I, could say, <laughs> I could say that it could be related also to the modulation of the microbiota, because we know that almost 70% of the immune system is in the, in the intestine. Okay. So by regulating the microbiota, by maintaining, maintaining a, a, a good uh, status in the intestine, and reducing the inflammation there, we could uh, then regulate also the inflammation all over the body and also mm, reducing mm, for sure the, the, the inflammation that can lead to, to dementia. So it's, everything is related. So she used some pretty common terms that you and I have talked about quite a bit. Right. Something about ONF kappa beta, yeah. CRP, lipopolysaccharides, uh, cyclooxygenase pathway. So that is, it, that definitely summarizes. Do we have this thing? Open that up real quick. Look, Sylvia, this is what Eric and I did <laughs> last time. That's all about inflammation and polyphenols and where they help. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, a, you know, Who was the artist? Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, so we, I, I drew first, and then we realized how bad it was. So we found a young child, a kindergartner, walking down the street who did better than I did. So we paid them to do this. So it's done by some kindergartners. It was another one of those bi-directional relationship things. <laughs> bi-directional relationship. So this is this is so exciting. Here's why. You're doing research. You have shown that uh, the cause of dementia is actually due to um, inflammation, which we talk about all the time. All the time. Disease is inflammation. Cause of cancer is inflammation. <laughs> we have, um, I have a lot of friends that uh, participate in a lot of combat sports. I have a lot of friends that are former football players. So I have this whole community of people that have had traumatic brain injuries, which I think could really benefit from stuff like this. We know that yeah. because of the diet, people have a pro-inflammatory diet. Correct. And, you know, when we look at this, the, the group of people that I treat a lot are people that have intestinal inflammation through mm -hmm. bacterial overgrowth, poor diet. One of the most common things that they talk about, or if I ask them, is brain fog or fatigue or anxiety. Yeah. And now we know For that... For this reason, I found in literature, uh, I, can, I can send it to you, two interesting uh, papers talking about... Uh, some products that have been developed uh, with tannins for the for the fatigue for the mental fatigue. Oh, they okay. couldn't explain why, but I guess that we could do it. <laughs> but I mean, but isn't that something though? They probably stumbled upon it, not really knowing. And and quite honestly, it's your review and 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 some of your other research that's starting to to show people the why, which is critically important. Why you know why does someone want to do what it is that we're doing with polyphenols. And Sylvia's honestly paving the way on, on the why. It's, it's very powerful. We all, we all have heroes. Sylvia, you're my hero. You are proving the things that, that we have been trying to, I've been trying to explain to my patients. And then now I can go, no, I'll refer to you to this article. This is why. This is also why I think it's important to have a good diet, but also the long-term strategy of the longer that you 
allow your body to access these tannins. Definitely. The more your microbial yeah. diversity, the more you will block the inflammatory cascade. Yeah. Well, and okay. infl inflammation long-term is not an overnight thing. So in order to repair our bodies, you need to consume healthy polyphenols for a long period of time. And then your body gets used to having the tools that it needs to provide your body with the short chain fatty acids or the urolithins or the quercetins, mm. et cetera, for you to repair and, and control inflammation. It, it, makes, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, totally. Okay, Sylvia. So I, had, uh, I did clinic this morning. And I have a series of patients and I told them, I said, don't worry, I'm having one of the smartest scientists in the entire world on the show oh today. <laughs> and this is an interesting thing because of your research, I think we can help some of these people. I have a series of patients that have had their colons taken out for various diseases, either for whatever reason, they have no colon. So now they have no microbiome. So now, in fact, I had a patient, my last patient said something really interesting to me. She loves, she loved taking Atrantil. She said she'd never felt better. And then due to some adverse events, she has an ileostomy so that she's not connected to her colon. And she said today, she's like, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I'm not feeling as good as I used to. And I'm like, I do because we're not, we're not breaking these down. We're not fermenting them in the way that they should be. Yeah. So my task to you, how do we develop something for people that do not have the capability of fermenting foods, tannins, prebiotics to have these beneficial, to have all this opportunity to decrease the inflammatory cascade? What do you, what, pops in your mind of how we can figure something out for these people that don't have access to the microbiome. Am I saying that right? Well, um, just to understand your question, you are meaning don't have access to microbiome in the sense they don't have a well good microbiota or? No, they no. have had their colons removed completely. Ah, no, no, yeah, so no large intestine. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, they, one of our one of okay. our prior guests, one of our prior guests, Angie, mm -hmm. she said, You gotta figure this out. Um with I'm I'm gonna call you Dr. Sylvia because you're I mean you're you're almost yeah, you're, you're really almost close. <laughs> almost. Yeah. You can call me almost doctor. <laughs> <laughs> bueno. Casi doctora Silvia. Dígame una cosa. Casi doctora. That's almost doctor. I'm catching up. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it's something with, with, your, with your research, it shows that people with a colon will have a, a more beneficial response to prebiotics and to these polyphenols. So is it possible that fermenting them first and then giving that as an absorbable... This could be a possibility. We could, uh, well, the product should be developed, <laughs> but it, it's, it's okay. It, we could do it in laboratory. The, the name of this product are postbiotic, as we were saying before. Sure. So we could generate directly the metabolites from from tannins from the big structures in laboratory by fermenting them with a good microbiota outside the body and then give the, to the patient the, the postbiotics of all the fermented uh, metabolites it'd be interesting to at least try because if without having the colon you have to kind of wonder though if the passage is quite the same when it comes to only having a small bowel, if that makes sense. It's extremely, it's extremely complex and we're seeing it more and more. And so I'm just wondering how, you know, figuring something like this is a, it's a small community. I sorry again, I, I can't hear you anymore. Uh oh, Oops. that's because I was button. on mute. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I was just saying that it is a small community, but, um, people that it's insult to injury. If you have a disease 
ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, a severe dysmotility, um, whatever, and you have your colon taken out, that's hard enough. Yeah. And then from then on, how do you make sure that you are able to produce these metabolites which decrease your inflammatory pathway? Sure. And you need them systemically. Yeah. 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 It's just yeah. something that I dealt with this morning, um, and I, I, I said, I have the person that has the answer. How long do you think it'll take you to develop this product and then get it back to me so that I can start helping my patients? Yeah. I, told him, I told him about a week, because yeah. Casi Doctora Silvia can do anything. <laughs> as soon as I finish my thesis, I can start with the project. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, nothing to it. Nothing to it at all. Well, this is exciting. This is super cool. Yeah. Sylvia, your, your research is incredible. I think that you're just getting warmed up. I think that you have shined a light in an area that many of us can start looking at and start talking about in a very scientific way. And it isn't just, oh, go out and buy this marketing product over here. We want to we educate people through science. And that's what you're doing over here. So 100%. And I just think it's so cool that you were able to, where, where people are already turning to polyphenols. And we, we mentioned ECGC and, and quercetin before. And we, we've all been trying to compete on how do we get our body to use these nice, awesome polyphenol molecules. And really, you just took a step back and said, guys, you, you really want this bigger one. Because by using this bigger polyphenol, your body is actually going to get a better bioavailability of everything that you think that you need. And yeah. it's, it's, it's awesome. And it put it into practice. And quite honestly, this is a theme that we've seen before mm-hmm. over and over and over again, where we try to give uh, uh, women who are, uh, who are in need of, of folic acid and they put folic acid in a little, in a little pill so that while they're pregnant, that they don't have, you know, some, some birth defects. But the truth is your body wants folate, not necessarily folic acid. Exactly. So once again, it's, it's the bigger molecule that it's natural that your body wants. And what you did is you just basically took that same science and just blasted it into polyphenols. I, th- I think it's awesome. We're going um, to get you hooked up. We had a meeting with the um, author of the CERT diet which in your article, you actually describe how these polyphenols were turned on the sirtuin pathway as well. And so that is a whole nother aspect of almost an epigenetic process that right. goes on with it. But um, the other really cool thing is you talked about how these polyphenols increase nitric oxide. Both Eric and I like to exercise. So we take our polyphenols for the nitric oxide capability. So all right, Casi Doctora Silvia, does Michele let you do anything? What do you like to do for fun when you're not always working on your thesis? Repeat it. You you talked too. too. <laughs> you were fast. That's because that's because I'm speaking Spanish. Casi doctora Silvia. Yeah. <laughs> you have to choose, or Spanish or English. <laughs> <laughs> um, we. Uh, I want to know. Does uh, other than working on your thesis and working for Michaela, what do you like to do for fun? This is my fun. <laughs> Working is my fun. <laughs> well, well, I in my free time, I'm an athlete. <laughs> I'm a triathlete. Oh, so, oh wow. Yeah. Are you taking your polyphenols while you train and recover? Well, I'm working on it to develop new supplements with tannins. <laughs> uh-huh, look at that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they are so useful so for, for sporty people. Because um, uh, for for sports that w- requires a lot of exercise, like triathlon, for example, the the body is always always stressed, and the the development of oxidative stress and inflammation is huge. So we are used to take just supplements with carbohydrates or proteins. They are giving us just macronutrients but they're not thinking about micronutrients or polyphenols some some molecules that could help us to reduce the fatigue and to help us to recovery what's the most uh, challenge what's the most challenging event that you've done in a triathlon have you done like an iron man or no i'm for the short distances 
<laughs> well, you can fit those in a little bit quicker too. I understand. Well, but, I, I, I come from athletism. I, before when, when I was young, uh, I was a sprinter. So for me, uh, an Olympic distance of triathlon is just like a marathon now. <laughs> okay. Nice. Well, I think that your research is really important because Eric tried doing some triathlons also, and he understood the power of polyphenols, but the only one that he had read about was Reservatrol. So he was drinking wine the entire time that he was doing the triathlon. Yeah, I don't remember uh, any of it. In the before to cycle, in, it's not so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't remember any of it, so it's okay. <laughs> Well, Sylvia, thank you so much for joining the Gut Check Project. This is exactly what I wanted to talk about. You did an incredible job. Your, your research is amazing, and I feel like you're just getting warmed up. I feel like she's going to continue to uncover a lot of different things. Yeah, what an awesome show to have you join us. And, and for all the viewers of Gut Check Project, uh, like normal, we will put uh, Sylvia's research in the show notes so that if you would like to see her own articles yourself or some of the others that, uh, that Ken referenced, that way, you know that we're not just we're not just speaking. It's uh, there's there's lots of powerful information in here, and uh, I just can't thank you enough, Sylvia, for making time to hop on with us today. It's it's been it's been awesome. And if you're if you're listening to this, as always, um, you know, share this with people. It's super important information. This is an incredible opportunity to have somebody like Sylvia on explaining this intricate science. So if you know somebody that has intestinal health problems, if the autoimmune problems, inflammation. Uh, possibly risking dementia, things like that. This is really important stuff that they all need to hear. Definitely. Or if you think that you're in the market for trying some type of new polyphenol, like quercetin, or you're going to green tea to get ECGC, maybe just reconsider, re-listen to this particular episode. And I think that we can help you with Autron Teal find a much better, larger polyphenol that, believe it or not, Sylvia here has researched thoroughly. She knows it very, very well. <laughs> So, so Sylvia, can we be can we be a sponsor for your next triathlon? Atron Teal, just give her the whole uh, logos everywhere, and I think that uh, the corporate office is going to love the fact that you've already committed. So I guess we're in. <laughs> well, I, I'm working for my new uniform, so we can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I think we're a little mistaken. When I mean sponsor, the only sponsors we get are people that actually get tattoos. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. He wants to give you a tattoo of Autron Teal. It's kind of a permanent sponsorship. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Sylvia, well, that's thank awesome. you so much. Hey, don't hang up yet, uh, but everyone else, thank you all so much for joining uh, Gut Check Project number 49. And like I said, we'll make everything available. Do you have anything else to add for everybody? No, else? I'm just loving it. Loving it. Everything I thought it would be. All right. Thank you all very much. Sylvia, don't go anywhere. Bye bye.